Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're here for another week to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market here on the Duncan Duo Show. I'm joined by uh, our team president, Robert Johnson, and uh, we're going to bring you all kinds of real estate news and information like we do every Sunday at 10. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials. We are at The Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, pretty much everywhere out there giving relevant real estate information and tips, not just for the real estate public, but for real estate agents as well. And while I'm on that topic, um, you know, we're in massive growth mode at our company. We hired a handful of agents to start the year and we're, we're looking to hire more. So if you're someone out there that's thinking about a real estate career or someone that didn't have their best year ever, make sure you go to jointheduo.com or to any one of our socials, send us a DM, say you're interested in a career with us, and we'll reach out to get you some more information. But one of the things that, that I'm noticing, um, th- there are a lot of people getting into the real estate business right now, and um, there's good and bad to that. The good is that you can kind of bring some, you know, some, some new blood, some, some fresh energy, some new ideas. Um, you know, the, the uh, market is super competitive. So when, when the market gets hot, people think, okay, now I'm going to jump into real estate. It's, and, and some people do it for the wrong reason. They think it's like a get-rich-quick scheme. Like they're going to jump right in and just like they see on HGTV and, you know, million dollar listings, they're going to just all of a sudden start making millions of dollars. Nothing could be further from the truth. Right, Robert? I love when they on those shows, when they throw up the commission that the agents made. And I think, what about all those giant parties that agent threw or all that marketing that that agent did? I mean, you know, I, I wish that were. Cover a little bit more. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, and so so it's not as easy as it seems. And the thing that I think uh, contributes to uh, the more than three-quarter or 75% failure rate of new real estate agents, um, you know, obviously generating the business is a big one. A lot of real estate agents think that they can jump – a new real estate agent, people thinking about getting in, that they can jump onto social media – they can let all their friends and family know that they're a real estate agent. And now all of a sudden, all their friends and family are going to trust them with the real estate needs. They're going to trust them with the most expensive thing they've ever bought or sold just because they went out and passed and got a C on a test. And, and the reality is, is that your friends or family know 27 other realtors and probably trust other realtors. And for you to be successful when you first get into the business, you really can't rely on your friends and family. In fact, you're going to be deceived and upset when your friends and family use other realtors when you first get in because they're not going to trust you yet. You haven't been in it, and they know the failure rate's high. They don't think you're going to make it. Yeah, I think from friends and family, realistically, if you live where you grew up, I might know a couple people like that, but if you live where you grow up um, and you are active on social media and you can get out there, I mean, I would probably peg that at maybe two deals a year. Maybe. Maybe. And that is, I mean, if you think about that, uh, some of the stuff we've been talking about, I mean, that's... That's definitely not uh, replacing anyone's job. No. That's like, no. you know, and that's a lot of work. Yeah, for, and, for and, that. and here's the thing that I believe is is accurate, too. Um, you know, your friends and family sometimes are the hardest ones to work with. Uh, because yeah. here's the thing that, that I've learned through the years, and, and I'm an advocate for small business. And, and I believe in, in, you know, small business and um, obviously, you know, operating and owning some small businesses. And, um, and I don't know if my business is really small anymore, but it's, that's how it started. Some of the businesses I own are still small businesses. Some, some, you know, my, the main company is probably more of a medium size, but the reality is, is that your friends and family are going to want to break. 
You know, my thing is, is your friends and family should want to bless your business because they want to see you do well. They want to see you succeed. If you're going to give somebody a break, it shouldn't be your friends and family shouldn't be the ones asking for it. In my, in my opinion, like I have friends and family I do business with and I don't ask them for a break because I want to bless their business because they're friends and family. But your friends and family are going to ask for a break and they're going to, frankly, they're going to be harder to deal with in a lot of ways. Much you're harder. Mixing, you're mixing, you know, you know, personal and business. It, it can be very chaotic. But so if you're a new real estate agent, go to jointheduo.com, come to our career night, apply for one of our positions, because here are the differentiating things that we're going to do um, for real estate agents. First off, we're going to provide them a massive amount of leads, a multi-million dollar marketing budget, um, you know, all over radio, TV, billboards, Internet. We, we're, we're expanding. We're, we're all over social media. Our social media guy knocking it out of the park, getting almost 200,000 views on some of our uh, reels and TikTok videos. The reality is, is that we are constantly looking to get more eyes on our business to drive leads to our agents. If you're going into the business without an advertising budget or, onto, uh, or in an organization that isn't generating the business for you, because again, you're not just learning how to be a real estate agent, you have to learn how to be a marketer too, and you have to have a budget for that. And if you don't, you're going to fail. You need to go somewhere that's going to generate, not teach you how to generate, because by the time you figure out how to generate, you're going to be broke and you ain't going to have no money left and you're going to be, you know, going back to your you know, career before you need to go somewhere that gives you leads from day one, like instantly. Yeah. And that's stuff that they don't teach you in real estate school, you know, no. how to market, how to how bring to them leads. No. And, and really what I found We're teaching you how not to get sued. Right. And, and I actually was an independent agent for about a year before I joined the team. I think a lot Same. of people were. Same. Okay. So what I found interesting is when you're in a brokerage, yeah, you're learning from people and you might have a mentor who's helping you, but those people still aren't going to tell you how to bring in business because you're competition to them really. Yeah. And they might teach you how to work with people and how to, do the contracts and stuff like that. But, but your income's capped. Right. And yeah. they're not, they're not going to tell you how to basically compete against them. And, and not only that, but, but, but in reality, if they knew how to do that, they probably wouldn't be coaching you for some small nominal fee. I mean, realistically, I'm just being honest. If they knew how to generate the business, they'd be out there generating it and they'd have agents on their team. They'd have a great big right. organization. Or they're, or they're teaching agents on their own team. Exactly. Yeah. So, so in reality, You've got to know how you've got to go somewhere that's going to generate the business. The other big part of it is training. Lots of companies out there are all about let's get as many agents as we can. They got three and four hundred agents and half of them don't do any business because they don't get enough concentrated one on one training. They might get some classes, you know, and you might pay attention for about a third of it while you're on Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok um, because they're classes and they're boring. Um, but, but the reality is, is you've got to have concentrated one on one training and coaching. And, and training on coaching on what's relevant in today's market. Look, you can go somewhere and they can teach you even how to generate the business. But guess what they don't teach you very well how to do? How to get it closed. How to get an offer accepted when there's 47 offers on a house. Okay, they're, they're not te- You're, you're not going to learn that in, in an organization like that. Going to a team that markets and generates and closely runs their team and leads them is the best place to get that one-on-one support in order to get deals under contract, get offers accepted in a market as competitive as this. It's more competitive than it's ever been. And I see agents all the time making this mistake. They go, they get in, and then they're out in a year or two, or they go and join a team after they've been in it on their own for a year or two, and they got no money left. And they're like on their last whim. And they don't make it simply because they didn't do it soon enough. They they stayed mm-hmm. at their brokerage that offered them you know, 100% split, 100% to zero is still zero. And they're there and they're thinking, oh, but I get 100%. You know, they get to tell their friends and family at happy hour that they get 100% of their commission. But they ain't even, the 100% is zero. They ain't getting no deals from them. So, 
you know, the, the reality is you've got to go somewhere that's going to train you on what's going on in today's market, how to win offers, and they've got to provide you leads and support from the jump. If not, unfortunately, a very high percentage of you are going to fail. Yeah, and I think this is about, you know, somebody that wants to come in and they want to jump in headfirst right away. Yeah. You know, they want to jump in, they want to hit the ground running, they want to start a new career and they want to make money. And to me, when I joined the team, that was most important to me. You know, it, yeah. the times were just different, the economy was down. Yeah. And I wanted to get somewhere and I wanted to join somewhere where I knew that if I did what I needed to do, I was going to make money. And again, join the duo.com if you're thinking about a career change, uh, thinking about making more money, want to make more than you did last year, want leads, want uh, ninja tricks on how to get offers accepted in today's super competitive market. One, one other thing that I'll tell you is a, tra- a career trajectory too is important to people. Um, with us, you know, you can start in one role and then you can graduate. Robert, you started as a buyer agent with us. Now you're president of sales. <laughs> yeah, nobody know. can take my job. Though, that's <laughs> well, no, I mean, they could if you become CEO, Robert. I'm just saying, okay, like it's possible. But yeah, no, um, I mean, I, yeah. I think that's a great thing at our company. Yeah. A lot of teams don't do that. You know, the growth that we offer yeah. uh, with yeah. promotions, I think that's great. And, and I think also, you know, you go from a buyer agent to, to a lead, to a senior, to a director. Um, even even uh, Robert's mother is our broker of record, full disclosure, and she started as a buyer agent. Now she's our broker of record and operations manager. I recruited her. You did? Yes. I know, but she started as an agent first. <laughs> yeah, she didn't oh, just run into oh, that role. She absolutely. had to kind of earn her, her spot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Karen and Grant, who've been with us, you know, six, seven, and uh, Karen's been with us almost 12 years now. Um, again, same thing. They started at the bottom. So there's so many opportunities for growth. As we grow, more of those positions get created, more ventures get open, um, other ancillary companies. So again, if you're if you're looking for um, you know a place to hang your you know your hat and start your real estate career, join the duo.com or send us a message on the end of our socials because again we're different. We we are different. We do a lot of unique things, and our goal is to help our agents make a great income by taking the things off their plate that cause such a high failure rate for real estate agents. If you plug into our system and you're coachable and you do what we tell you you're gonna do, you're gonna make great money and you're gonna be very successful. So. And speaking of the ancillary opportunities, I'm also a a part owner of an insurance agency. We insure Tampa Bay that's aligned in my real estate office. We're also looking to hire as well. Um, So you can, uh, if you just go to uh, uh, weinsuretheBay.com, we're going to put the link up on that page, but you can also go to uh, just We Insure and Wise Hire. And I'll make sure to put that link up on all the Duncan Duo socials as well. But we are looking to hire. Uh, you can message us on our Duncan Duo socials. We'll make sure to get you to the right spot if you're looking for an insurance agent position. One of the unique things about We Insure is over 150 carriers, a lot of uh, a lot of support, um, and and truthfully embedded into our real estate office. You're there every day, so you've got you know buyers and sellers every day coming through our real estate business. The 50 plus people that are that are licensed real estate agents that work for us, providing you business. Uh, past clients, a, a whole database of business already integrated into the insurance business. So uh, similarly, for insurance agents out there that are beating up the street, trying to generate the business, joining our insurance agency, you're not, you don't have to do that. The business is there. You just have to you just have to service the business. So great opportunity to hit the ground running there as well. And uh, again, you can hit us up at our Dunkin' Duo socials, and we'll send you the Wise Hire hiring link for We Insure Tampa Bay. Again, all those socials at the Dunkin' Duo. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, TikTok. And if you are a past client of us, okay, so if you bought or sold a home and you're a fan of our business, had a, you know, had a, had a great experience. If you had a bad experience, we don't want you. I'm just kidding. If you, if you bought or sold a home with us, uh, send us a message on one of our socials and ask to be added to our private Facebook VIP page. 
This is where we give away tickets to concerts, to hockey games, signed lightning memorabilia, gift cards, uh, Chick-fil-A sandwiches, you name it. It's in there. Uh, we give away some cool stuff on there on the regular. So make sure to send us a DM on any one of our socials. Uh, you can also call or text their office at 813-359-8990. We'll make sure to get you added to our private Facebook uh, VIP page where, we're, where we do all of our cool giveaways. So we'll be back continuing our conversation after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. I'm Andrew Duncan, joined by Robert Johnson, president of sales for the Duncan Duo team. Sport my We Insure t-shirt today, hoping that uh, there's some insurance agents out there listening that are looking for a new opportunity to be, li- be aligned with my real estate company. We're looking to hire producers that will uh, get lots of lots and lots of leads from our real estate agents that are constantly buying and selling homes. So if you're an insurance agent looking for a change, looking for a great career opportunity with a massive amount of growth and a huge book of business already ready for you to call on and service, uh, make sure to send us a message on one of our Duncan Duo socials at the Duncan Duo. So eight things first-time home sellers often get wrong in today's crazy market. First one on the list: overpricing your property. You just you can't do it. You're gonna you're gonna miss out. And then just like any other market, um, even though some of it will still get offers, there's a lot of homes getting looked over because the buyers know the market, they know the prices. Yeah, especially in today's market, you know the market has gone up a lot, but people are still attempting to price their home really high. And I think there's never anything worse in this market than pricing your home too high. And then it doesn't sell, and then people think something's wrong with it. Or it doesn't appraise. Yep. And then you go through this whole hassle. You got your stuff in a moving van, and then find out, oh, whoops, guess what? It didn't appraise. Deal's going to fall apart. Absolutely. So nothing can be more frustrating than that. It's got to appraise, um, unless it's cash, which is happening. But skimping on home showings, um, this is something we've started doing that's working really well. We'll take a listing, and we'll put it live on like a Thursday or Friday, and we'll use the weekend and tell the people just, you know what? As long as you listen to us on price. And we market it the way and we market it the way that we market it. Um, you, it's going to get a ton of attention over the weekend. and We can get you sold by Monday. You know, what I mean, that's something we're doing a lot of. And I think that um, outside of that, that's when you listen to us on price mm-hmm. and marketing. When you don't, um, that strategy won't necessarily work. And if you turn down showings, that could have been the buyer, or that could have been your second offer. Because what's the best way to get the most money in this market, or the best, not just the most money, because it's not always about the money, the best terms. A bidding war. Yeah, and you definitely want people to, especially in the in the beginning, you know, the first week the property's on the market, that's key. You want people to come in and be able to get as many showings as you can during that amount of time because that's when your highest chance of getting multiple offers is. Uh, condition slip-ups, not correcting things, staging slip-ups, that's a, that's a number three on the no-no list can cause you to, to lose money and lose buyers. Seeing only dollar signs. It's not always about the mighty buck. Sometimes terms matter. You know, comparing someone without an appraisal contingency or that's willing to go above appraisal or that's cash uh, can sometimes, you know, you could have somebody willing to give you 350 and uh, you got a 325 cash. If the home only appraises at 320, you just lost money. So it's not just about who has the highest offer. It's the best offer. Well, and especially now when people are a lot of times buying a home, selling a home, they're doing all that simultaneously. Sometimes it's most important to get somebody that's going to be able to help you out with your timeline, you know, maybe letting you stay after closing, maybe, um, you know, maybe the closing date lines up with what you want. I mean, there's so many other things that are actually of value that don't have anything to do with money. Yeah. Pouncing on an implausible offer. This is what I was talking about before. 
you know, say you got a listing at 200 and you get an offer for 340 with an appraisal contingency. It's not really a 340 offer. It's a <laughs> whatever it's going to appraise that offer. Right. So, so don't just jump on an offer without really re- reading the terms, understanding the contingencies, what closing costs are requested. Uh, FISBO blunders. A lot of sellers think, oh, I'm going to put it on the market myself. I'm going to save this money. The problem is, is that a lot of times those FISBOs aren't as good of a negotiator as a great real estate agent. They don't know how to pit buyers against each other. They don't know how to market. The photos don't look good as good online. They, they haven't done you know, a few billion dollars in real estate sales like I have in order to be able to properly position them to get the best offers, to compete them against each other. And and I'd, I'd put a lot of money on it that I'd be willing to outpace the fee that they think they're saving with a higher offer the majority of the time. Yeah. And usually when people are doing a FISBO, which is for sale by owner, you know, a lot of times there's a reason that they're doing that, whether it's they don't want to negotiate on the price or they, you know, they want to bring in as much money as possible, you know. Again, you can sell your house yourself, but if you're a buyer, maybe that person's a little difficult to deal with. You're going to be dealing directly with the seller. So I think um, people that are for sale by owning their own home, a lot of times it's a very messy process. It's also legal. There's yeah. a lot. There's so litigious today. Insurance. I mean, you know, there, there's just so many lawsuits that that happen from it. Real estate agents have insurance. They have errors and omissions insurance. They have liability insurance to cover things. Um, it can be very costly as a FISBO if you make a mistake and get into a lawsuit and have to hire an attorney to defend yourself. Uh, spacing out on a new place, n- not getting a plan. Got to have a plan. If you're going to sell your home, especially if you're going to sell it with us, we're going to sell it fast. We're going to sell it for top dollar. Start moving now. Get packing. Get ready. Because, you know, if you wait and then you're stuck, you're, you know, you could lose the sale of your house or want to change the terms. And, and you certainly, in today's market, that's just not viable. Last but not least, assuming the hot market's going to last. Oof. Look, here's what I'll say. I think it's going to last for a while. I mean, look, inflation's here. Gobs of people moving to Florida. Construction not keeping up way below the numbers it needs to be in terms of housing creation. Um, but lots of things can happen. Look at what's Russia and Ukraine. I mean, we could get drug into a war. I mean, there's so many things that could happen. Um, you know, and there's nothing mathematically or from the data that looks like our market will make a correction, but there's all kinds of things out of our control. Um, I don't see it happening for a while, but again, you could wait two years. There's plenty of people in the mid 2000s that should have sold their home and waited a couple of years thinking it would just keep rising and got stuck. Yeah. And I think that that. You know, no one ever sees a market going down generally. I mean, people might start talking about it. Yeah. And I think that that is the concern. And again, we don't foresee that that at all. But you do never know. Yeah, correct. And and again, it just depends on how long you're talking about. Yeah. We'll be back, continue our conversation after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. So back here on the Duncan Duo Show, talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market, Andrew Duncan, joined by Robert Johnson. So... One of the things that um, is is you know regular in this real estate re- market right now is the purchase of new construction property. Um, that that's really been filling the gap for inventory uh, that we're that we're short on, and we need more and more inventory. You know, it, it we just need it, and builders are providing a lot of the inventory uh, that's available right now. So, what does that mean? More new construction transactions, more new construction homes being built. And when more new construction homes are being built, sometimes they get a little sloppy. You know, they they miss things. They forget to wire something. They forget to ground an electrical outlet. Um, you know, the uh, 
the, the hot water and the cold water are reversed. The disposal doesn't work. All kinds of stuff happens, right? So a lot of the time we get customers say, well, do I really need to do a home inspection because they're going to fix everything under warranty? Well, that's only if you find it. It's only if you know what to look for. And I can tell you, I've never, ever, through thousands of transactions and a few billion in real estate sales as an agent and broker, have never seen a clean inspection report. Not on a new construction home, not on a multi-million dollar home. It's never happened. Inspectors are going to find stuff wrong and get it corrected for you. It is a small investment. Talking about a few hundred dollars on a several hundred thousand dollar purchase. But people don't do it. They think, oh, it's a new home. I don't need it. It's brand new. I really think that inspections on new homes are almost more important. They are. Um, and actually, they could find more issues yep. a lot of times than um, something on an existing home because there's usually different steps to the inspection on a new home. There's yeah, usually like drywall. Yes. Like, yeah. Now, imagine if you could take the home that you're in, if you're in an existing home, and inspect it from the ground up, removing all the drywall, removing everything from the slab. Like, that's your opportunity to do that if you're purchasing a new home from the beginning. Make sure every single thing is right at every step of the and process. And not just that, but built a code. Yes. Like built a code because the last thing you want is moving your new construction home. A storm comes through and then it wasn't built to code and then you have problems, <laughs> you know. Or you find out something isn't covered on insurance because the builder missed something or didn't do it. The, the, the moral of the story is um, you, you really need to get more than one inspection on a new construction home. You know, you're getting your inspection during the process and then you're getting your final inspection, which is verifying everything was done as it should. And again, so often we find heinous stuff. Garage doors don't work. The appliances are wrong. The electrical isn't grounded. The the pool pump is burnt out. The I mean, you name it, we've seen it. There's so much that you can find um, that that you know, doesn't get caught and people make the mistake of thinking it's a new home and it's all under warranty, but it's only under warranty. If you actually find the stuff wrong, right. you, you could be using something wrong and causing failure in your house for years before something collapses simply because you didn't have an inspection. Yeah. And this is not about, you know, builders per se, because you might have hired a great builder, but you know, they're sub subcontracting yes. out the work and those subcontractors are trying to make money too. And this isn't a knock on them either, but I mean, there's, there's certain things down to, you know, how thick the slab needs to be on a new concrete pour for the property. And we have had inspectors go out um, and we have had them find before that the slab was not thick enough yeah. with comparison to what was required. It was only half, half. as thick because right. whoever was doing the slab work was trying to save money yep, by saving yep. half of the concrete. And then they'd, they'd, they'd build a, they'd build a builder more. Yes. And so again, there's so many issues that can happen. And I just have to tell you, you, you have to get an inspection no matter what property you're buying. Unless of course, look, if you're flipping a house and you're really experienced or you're a general contractor and you're really experienced and you, you know, you're gutting the house there, there are circumstances where maybe, Maybe it doesn't make sense. But even me today, I, you know, I'll buy 15, 20 homes this year um, and uh, at least, if not more. And, you know, I've got a I've got land I own that I'm going to build townhomes on. I mean, I've got all this stuff going on. Every one of those structures is getting inspected. 
except for in the circumstances where I know I'm going to gut everything I'm worried about. You know, like I can tell it needs a new roof. It needs a new kitchen. It needs new plumbing. It needs a new AC. I'm going to gut the whole thing. I probably don't need to need to inspect that. I could probably have my GC walk that and kind of figure it out. But unless you have that experience, that eye for details, you've, you've got it. You've got to have it inspected. Yeah. I think especially, um, you know, in our, area, you know, if there's ever vacant homes, anything like that. I mean, sometimes those homes are sitting there vacant. They're not having the AC run. There could be issues with that. I mean, I think that every step of the process um, in uh, back to new construction in a new construction home um, is very important. I also think that what's also really important there is doing a pre-drywall inspection, you know, yeah. having all the drywall pulled off yep. uh, before it's put up. You yep. know, you can look at all the wiring, you can look at everything in the yep. walls, you know, everything that's set up. And a lot of times inspection companies offer these inspections and it's one price for four different inspections during the new construction Correct. process. Yeah. And I think that that is a great thing. Absolutely. So, um, Another thing that triggers the the thoughts and conversations about home inspections are property disclosure statements. We've mm -hmm. had buyers say, well, the seller filled out this form and told us <laughs> everything about the house. Um, oh, you think so? Well, here's the key to that, okay? That's only valid if the seller was actually honest on the sheet, number one. Number two, um, that's assuming the seller knows. Maybe they're not being dishonest. Maybe there's stuff wrong that they just don't know about because guess what? They're not a home inspector or a contractor. And then the other element to the property disclosure statements um, that comes up a lot, investors and people that don't occupy the property generally aren't obligated to and don't fill one out. Um, so you're not always going to get one. And even when you do get one, you may not get the whole story. I mean, look, let's just face it. Do you trust that person? You know, are people completely honest on those? I'm going to tell you, we've seen it a lot. You know, do I think a lot of people are honest? Of course. But there's some that are not and that hide things that you wouldn't know about or find out unless you hired an inspector. And then you have to decide if they lied about stuff, if they clearly knew this was going on, do you really want to buy the house? You know, and, and that's something that a lot of people struggle with. But the reality is, is that no matter what information a seller gives you, trust but verify. You know, you got to verify. You got to verify what's in that property disclosure statement. And as a buyer, you got to take it with a grain of salt, right? Like you're going to sign this form and we get this too. We get this a lot too. Um, we've had buyers say, I don't want to sign that form because I don't agree with it. You're, we're not asking you to sign it to agree with it. That's why you're doing a home inspection. We're asking you to sign it simply to know that you've received it. Simply to know that you have read what the seller has provided to you. It doesn't mean you agree that it's fact. It just simply means that it was provided to you. The seller has given this to you. And now you get the opportunity to inspect the home and verify and validate. Yeah, I always... Um, I I always take the high road with that. I assume that if the seller isn't disclosing something, it's just because they don't know about it. Because that's Correct. what the form says. What do you know about? Correct. Um, so that's why I always say, read through the disclosures. Let's sign them, initial them, get them uh, for our knowledge. And then you're still doing the home inspection. Correct. And that's, you know, going back to the FISBO thing, that's the most litigious part of being a FISBO are the lawsuits mm -hmm. that happen over property disclosure statements. So again, something you can avoid. A lot of FISBOs will sell their home and never even fill one out. Didn't even know where that property disclosure statement or a home warranty affidavit could have saved them from a lawsuit. And they didn't know because they thought they were saving money, <laughs> you know, when they sold their house for 10% less than what they got. But man, they saved those few percentage points on commission. They're, they're a champion. Uh, no, they're not. So, um, but again, property disclosure statements, something um, really common. And uh, it, it, again, it's part of the process to help you validate and verify what's wrong with the property. So, 
Um, you know, one other thing before we uh, jump to our last segment. Can you still buy a house that's not for sale? Of course you can. I mean, you again, in my opinion, everything is for sale. It's just a matter of what you're willing to pay for it. Um, and, and what we're finding in this market is we're having to get more aggressive. When we have a, a buyer that we represent and the inventory isn't out there, our agents, we're going to knocking on doors. We're, we're trying to find stuff in neighborhoods. We're trying to find them a home. We represent them. We're a fiduciary for them. We want to do everything we can. So, you know, if your agent isn't doing that, maybe you have the wrong agent because the market's super competitive. You've got to find inventory wherever you can. Obviously, we have, you know, a, a slew of homes not on the market yet at any given time that, that you know, sell off market. Sometimes we get offers from agents. We have people reaching out to us saying, hey, if you list something in this, I'll buy it. We have hedge funds wanting to buy our listings. So, again, it is super competitive. Sometimes it takes you going and trying to find um, you know, inventory out there. I can tell you this. I'm pretty much tired of getting letters and calls at my house uh, from people wanting to buy it because of my personal situation. They think it's for sale. It's not for sale. I ain't going nowhere. Um, so, you know, please stop. But but the reality is that um, there are people getting super creative. They're, they're monitoring court filings. They're looking for this. They're looking for every creative way they can find to determine is a house going to sell. Oh, is there an estate? Now is, you know, did somebody pass away so we can now try and solicit it? Um, they're getting super creative. So yeah, there are ways that you can buy a house if it's not for sale. The seller might entertain your offer. It might be coming for sale soon. You might beat it to the market, but you might also tick some people off in the meantime. So um, there are, but there are a lot of creative ways you can, you can find inventory that isn't on the market, you know? And, and so don't just accept what's on MLS, you know, work with an agent that's going to do the gritty work. It's going to, make calls to listing agents. It's going to look at expired listings, homes that didn't sell a year or two ago, knock on doors, monitor for sale by owners, um, you know, run reverse searches, call around a house, circle prospecting. All these things are things that our best agents do on the regular to try and find homes for their buyers. Uh, and we actually talked this week, uh, kind of going back to what I said before about the real estate agent training piece and helping people win bidding wars. We talked this week, and I'm not, I'm not going to tell these on air because, you know, these are kind of part of our secret, the secret sauce. But we talked with all of our agents this week about a couple strategies that, that we learned, that you learned specifically um, at a real estate conference about how agents can win bidding wars that not a lot of people are using right now. So, um, again, lots of unique things that we do that, that separate and differentiate us. But it comes from experience, experience of thousands of home sales. You know, just like anything else, are you going to go to the guy that operated on a couple brains? Or are you going to go to the guy that's done a lot of brain surgeries? You know, like, I mean, that's essentially, you know, you're hiring someone to help you buy or sell the most expensive thing you've bought or sold and experience matters. So we're going to be back. We're going to uh, continue our conversation uh, after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Andrew Duncan joined by Robert Johnson president of the Duncan Duo team. Robert, you went to a REMAX's annual convention this week. And um, one of the things they announced was how for the first time in 15 years, people changed what they wanted in a real estate agent. Yes. So, you know, whatever companies do these different kinds of surveys every year, I believe this one was from Newsweek. I could be remembering this incorrectly, but I do know that it was from a valid source because I always listen to that type of thing. And so, 
they basically pull consumers every year and say, okay, what is most valuable to you in a real estate agent? What kind of real estate agent are you looking for? What is their, the quality that you're looking for the most? So for 15 years straight, what people were looking for is a realtor with the most listings that could get them into the most homes. Last year, for the first time, that answer changed. And for the first year, it was they were looking for a realtor that they could trust the most, which is very interesting because I feel like consumers now feel like they have all the information as far as yeah. listings. They know what's out there. They feel like they can get into it. They're looking for somebody that they can trust and they can partner with in order to take them on, like you said earlier, a journey to either buying or selling their biggest financial asset. Yeah, because today's market is so competitive, you need the experience to come into play. That's where you know our experience, thousands of home sales, comes into play. So Remax has that number one um, nationally. I think we've got a number one locally. Not only when you combine up all the websites, the thousands of five star reviews that we have, but we're honest. You know, there's there's some companies out there with some fake reviews that you can tell if somebody has sold, you know, hasn't sold very many homes and they've got a thousand reviews they got a bunch of buddies that they paid from the Philippines to give them a five-star review. And then you've got companies that haven't sold the number of homes that they have reviews, you know? So they're, where are these reviews coming from? Yeah. It's like, Oh, I sold 57 homes last year and 33 the year before that, but I got a thousand reviews on Google, you know? So there's definitely some people that aren't being authentic um, about their reviews, but when you combine up all the websites, we've got the best reputation, the longest term. And not only that, but Video testimonials. No one's got anywhere close to the number of video testimonials. You can fake a review. You're not faking somebody talking on video about an experience working with you. And we have over 500 of those. Customers have sat down and talked about on camera. You know, and think about this too. How likely are you really going to want to sit down and have a camera put in front of your face and talk about somebody? To, 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 be, to be willing to do that, you had to have such an incredible experience. I mean, I buy stuff all the time, right? I buy cars. I, I buy Chick-fil-A sandwiches. I mean, you want me to talk on video about my experience with somebody? You better have wowed me. I mean, you just better have wowed me. So the reality is, is that um, while Remax is the, you know, got we've got the one-two punch, really. We've got the best national brand behind us, well, the most trusted, and we're the most trusted local. And that was what they were also announcing was in a different survey, they pulled the consumers on all the different brands, what was the brand that they trusted the most. And it was Remax and it was by a lot, believe yeah. it or not. So um, Remax is a really, really trusted brand. I think that goes not just nationally, but internationally, you know, number one in Canada. I mean, it's a huge thing. The average Remax agent sells about 17 homes a year in the US. I mean, that's average. So that yeah. when you look at a lot Market of the other brands, like five. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a very high uh, on an on an average scale. So um, just different things that they told us about consumer behaviors, what they were looking for. And I think that does translate to everybody out there. I know if I'm in the market and, you know, I haven't always bought homes here. So when I'm yeah. in another state, I'm working with another agent there. And I do have to have somebody that I trust yeah. and can talk to no and is really knowledgeable the most. That's yeah. that's what I'm looking for. And and I think similarly, um, you, know, you mentioned the 17 transactions uh, at our company. We're about 50 percent higher than that. So again, you've got experience. You yeah. know, lots of experience, lots of transactions. Uh, you know, again, that that's how experience breeds trust because you've got somebody that you can trust because you know they know what they're doing. They've gone through, they've battled it enough. They've gone through the process. They've helped people win bidding wars. They've helped sellers get bidding wars. Um, but the reality is, is trust really matters. And we feel like if you do look into us, if you're thinking about buying or selling, you look us up on social media, you look at our reviews, a very trusted brand that's long standing. It's been here for a long time. We're not perfect, you know, 
Do we have uh, unhappy clients? Of course, anyone that does any substantial amount of business is gonna have a bad review here and there. What I would tell you is if you're a consumer and you're you know analyzing somebody and they don't have a bad review, that's a problem. Like if I'm looking to buy something and I don't see an occasional bad review from a provider, to me, that makes me nervous. Well, that makes me think what's fake and are they really genuine because people have bad days? Especially when you're talking about it's a red flag. Uh, uh, well, especially when you're talking about a topic and a a uh, you know commodity to somebody that's highly emotional. Yeah. Highly emotional yeah. is their home. And where a lot of living. things out of the real estate agent's control. Absolutely. So if somebody has no bad reviews, there's you you've got to wonder about whether or not it's legitimate or not. I mean, I'm I'm just that that's the way I look at it. Like, mm-hmm. and so so again, check us out. We'd love the opportunity to apply for the job of uh, helping you buy or sell a home and using all the experience that we have and the tactics we have to help you. Get the most amount of money at the fastest time frame if you're selling. And of course, win bidding wars and get you an offer accepted if you're buying. Um, and don't forget, if you're someone thinking about a change in your real estate career, join the duo.com or send us a message on one of our socials. We're in growth mode. We're looking to add some people to the team. Um, our advertising is continuing to generate you know, massive amounts of leads. And we want to keep providing great service to our clients. So we're regularly training uh, brand new agents as well as retraining agents that have been poorly trained somewhere else. So uh, make sure to check us out at jointheduo.com and have an awesome rest of your Sunday, Tampa Bay. Thanks for tuning in.